0: choir. Good morning. Welcome to East Taylorsville Baptist Church. We're so glad that you could join us today on this lovely day outside. I hope you all enjoy a nice walk outside today. but We're so glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us, we uh, hope that you've made yourself at home. Hopefully you've received a few welcomes already, but if you are visiting today and maybe you're looking for a church home or would like more information about East Taylorsville, please stop by our guest table in the lobby. You can pick up a guest bag there. Uh, We'd also encourage you to fill out the uh, guest card, the care card in your bulletin, or scan the QR code. Either way, we would love to know who you are and know how we can serve you better. But welcome to East Taylorville today. Just a few announcements. Um, need to remind you, Women on Mission, they are collecting throughout the month of February in the blue barrels, one in the lobby and one near the elevator out there. Um, Collecting specific goods that are listed in your bulletin for the Christian Crisis Center. That's their February project, if you'd like to participate in that. Please just put that food in those barrels or right beside the barrels. Also, our senior adult lunch that was scheduled for this Tuesday, uh, Kevin Powell just uh, sent me a text and said it's going to be postponed for one week. So not this Tuesday, but the next. Um, I know you know with Lisa and her family and what they've been going through this week, um, they've got a lot of things to deal with. So pray, pray for them, but just remember that next week will be the senior adult lunch, not this week. And then finally, next Sunday we will be in the sanctuary and we'll be having a baptism service. And if uh, any of you that are candidates for baptism, you've made a profession of faith, but maybe you've not been baptized, um, or if if you've communicated with us already, that will be next Sunday, and that will be in the sanctuary. You can contact us this week um, if that is you, and we want to make sure that that's scheduled and ready. And then also next Sunday, if you're interested in Class 101, that will be next Sunday evening. If you would reach out to us, uh, contact the church office by Wednesday, and if this is not a good time for you, we will plan to do another Class 101 before summer, so if you can't do it this time, we will do that again in the next few months. Uh, But right now, we're going to ask everyone to remain seated, and I'm going to ask Scotty Barnes if she will uh, make her way up here. Most of you, you may not know, but Saturday was a very significant day in the life of this church and the history of this church. Saturday, we celebrated 100 years as a church. 100 years. And it's something we didn't want to pass up. And just so you know, we are planning a big celebration in November. Kind of coincides with our homecoming time, but we plan to have a church-wide meal. We're going to have a special service of celebration. Uh, Some of you have asked about a commemorative plate. We are working on getting the 100-year plate. So any of you that have collected those every 25 years, we're going to have those. Uh, One other thing, just to make you aware of, you'll hear more about, we are planning to do a directory between now and November. it would be a little bit different format for our directory, but a lot of things going on leading up to that. But we asked Scotty if she would just to speak briefly uh, concerning our 100 years as Scotty has had a very unique uh, connection through those 100 years through her family. So Scotty, thank thank you.
1: Let's give the Lord a hand for a hundred years. I'm sure when the 13 met for the, year, for the first year to make the 100 years, they were in a two-room house. And I wondered yesterday if they had much heat, if it mattered what they wore. They were on a mission to build a church, isn't that wonderful? And I wanted you to look at the first church after they moved out of the two-room house, and they moved in that church. Now, on your right, you don't see a tree as good as you do on the left side. There's a tree there, and to this day, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why he put a hickory tree in front of the front door of the church. You see, I met it in a really hard way. My grandmother marched me out, broke the hickory off, striped my legs and marched me back in and I was crying I wasn't shouting glory let me tell you (laughs) but I remember the wood benches they were miserable but that wasn't a concern of those 13 people don't you know they were excited I remember the little tiny rooms to the side and I remember how they came and they loved how long they stayed it didn't matter lunch wasn't important to them so if we moved from that, today look where we are, and it began in a two-room house. I wanna tell you something. Whenever we moved in the second church, I thought they had forgot about the hickory tree, but my grandmother, it was Grandma Texie, who was one of the charter members, she made all the cousins sit on the bench together and she carried a hickory hickory stick with her and laid it on her lap, and it stayed there unless we went out with her, okay? But I want you to go to the next slide to meet those precious people. On your left is Grandma Texie. She was one of the charter members. Excuse me, that's on your right. And the lady that's uh, sort of bent over Next to her was Estelle Chapman. She was another charter member. And Parker Pennell was another charter member, and they're all my family. And so I'm, I take great pride in be able to stand here today and share with you three of the people that went to uh, that little house that day and started a church. On the other side is Grandma Texie when she was 100 years old. But she surpassed that. She lived to 106. And she cut the ribbon on the gymnasium when we opened it. What a wonderful, wonderful family I've had through the years. And if you'll look up at the top of the scripture, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's exactly what they did, let me tell you. If you'll go to the next one. I began to look up faith and prayer and trust this week, and uh, I found this. I thought it was interesting. Faith is believing, but trust is putting it into action. And that's what them little people did. They believed God for a church, and then they put everything they had into it for that church to be a possibility. And I just want to tell you about one prayer meeting there was many prayer meetings, and me as a teenager, I wanted to get out of them. I had plans, but they paid that no mind. I stayed for the prayer meeting. And they invited Art Dyson, who was a street preacher, a man of God, to always come, and he was late, and he prayed for hours. Now, that's the truth. And they prayed for the lost. They prayed for the sick, but they prayed mostly for East Taylorsville Baptist Church. And one particular Saturday evening, we had a SOS from the little women to come at 3 o'clock out to Ain't Ora Deals. There was going to be a prayer meeting for the church. And we gathered out there, and word had got out that there were some disgruntled people in the church, and there was a problem. And we had to nip it in the bud. <laughs> so guess what? We prayed on that porch, and they didn't pray just words. They wept bitter tears over this church. And I want to tell you something, church. I believe they read this scripture. Can we read that together? Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. And all day long, I put my hope in you. Church, I love you, and our hope is in Christ, and he will see us through. Amen.
0: Thank you, Scotty. We're going to ask if you would please stand and uh, let's worship our great God. standing for prayer as we go to lord in prayer i've got quite a few names to mention um this has been a a a busy week in a negative sense there's been a lot going on in people's lives but just to mention and i encourage you to look at your bulletin you want to remember the family of Armin chapman um, as she passed away unexpectedly this week please remember peggy and mike and david um Armin was has been such. She was such a pillar of this church and has served for so many years. She she served alongside of me. She served as our children's director for many years. Um, I told them when I when I got to go out visit, I said Armin made me feel bad sometimes. I said I know I'm busy, but then I see what Armin's doing. I said she put me to shame the way she served. But we we, we just want to mention her because she's been such a part of our church and. Pray for Peggy, Mike, and David. The services um, will be today as a gravesite at 4.30. They'll receive friends from 2 to 4 um, at Three Forks Baptist Church. So just remember their family, and you see m- many others who've lost loved ones this week. I um, also want to pray for Doug Roney's dad. His name's Milton. He is at Charlotte ICU right now just in need of our prayers. Remember Marie Chapman. She is at the hospital, and also Frankie Atkins is at the hospital right now. And then I got a call from Myrtle Adams. Gail has been going through chemo and is just going through a very difficult time. And she asked if the church specifically would pray for her right now um, as we've gathered here. Pray for Gail Mossholder. Um, we just need uh, for the Lord to touch her and raise her up during this time. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, we're going to ask you if you'd like to come and kneel around the altar. You're welcome to do that. As our praise team leads us, you move as the Lord leads.
2: Lay down your
0: Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we can call on you and we can call on you with confidence, knowing that you hear. But Lord, even more, we know that you have the answer. So God, we just lift up all these needs to you. You tell us in your word to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So God, that is what we do. Lord, we are lifting these to you because Lord, you are the one that can answer. You're the one that can provide strength. You're the one that can provide healing. Lord, I pray that you would give guidance to the doctors and physicians that are dealing with situations now. Lord, we pray for comfort for so many that have lost loved ones this week. Lord, we're thankful for the promise of eternal life. Lord, we're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for our salvation that makes all the difference in those difficult times. Lord, we're thankful for the promise of tomorrow, promise of eternity. And Lord, I pray that you would just bring great comfort to all the families that are grieving right now. Lord, that you'd give them strength and give them, in the midst of tears, give them laughter and joy. And Lord, your peace that passes all understanding as we call on you. God, we continue to pray for our church family. God, that you continue to lead us and guide us. Lord, we pray for our pastor and his family. Lord, to continue to work in his life and his family's life during this time. Lord, our desire is to glorify you and to simply do your will. Lord, today I pray that you would speak to us through the word. Lord, even through the music. Lord, our ultimate desire is to lift high the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And Lord, we're thankful that we can gather here today and worship. Lord, we trust you and we put all these things in your hands today in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Lay down your earth. (音楽) I love you.
0: makes the way down, it's my honor to introduce our guest speaker today. Dr. Andy Lackey um, has served as the associate pastor at Western Avenue Baptist Church since 2013. Andy oversees their education ministry there, Sunday school discipleship programs, and has served alongside Jeff Spry. Many of you know Jeff Spry all this time. And uh a couple of weeks ago, Jeff had reached out to me and uh, just wanted us to know as a church that Western Avenue would be praying for us and uh, praying for this situation that we're going through, praying for our pastor. And uh, he said, if there's anything we can do to help during this time to please let us know and said that Andy loves to speak. Um, probably didn't. You probably don't get to talk as much as you want to, do you, with Jeff there? But uh, said that Andy would love to come and help fill the pulpit as we have need so I definitely reached out to, to Andy this week and is gr- grateful that he's been able to be here. Um, you know, Through all this, one of the things that's been so encouraging is that there's so many churches that have responded and just said they're praying for us as a congregation. And just know that in, a, in, this, con- in this county, it's not a competition. We are one body of Christ, and uh, we have the same purpose. And I'm thankful for the support we've received uh, over these past few weeks. But Andy, you come, and uh, you preach the word thank you for being here
3: well greetings as kevin said our church at western avenue baptist we are praying for each of you during this time and uh, pastor jeff told me this morning to make sure i told all of you hello uh, from hillman amber and uh... we are praying for you guys and uh... we love you we're here to support you however we can and uh... want to thank kevin for inviting me to be here today i look forward to the chance today to to share from you uh, from god's word and uh, I actually grew up fairly close to here, grew up down Old Mountain Road in West Iredell and uh, used to play a lot of ball up in this area. Uh, you probably don't recognize me uh, because back during that time um, I had real thick blonde curly hair and, um, and uh, in fact, I had such blonde curly hair that my football coaches used to make fun of me. And uh, one day my mom walked in the room and saw me with some scissors going to my hair and she said, Andy, what are you doing? And I said, well, mom, I was just praying to the Lord that he would take away these curls. Well, I'm here as a living testimony that our great God answers prayers. (laughs) So on that behalf, let me pray for us and let's break into God's holy and precious word. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for this day. I thank you for this wonderful church family. I thank you for the opportunity to come today and to open up your holy and precious word. Your word is truth. So, We pray that you would speak to us now and we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many of you all like to, to wait on things? How many of you like to go to a restaurant and they say, hey, the, the wait's going to be an hour, hour and a half, and you're like, yes, that's for me. Or how many of you like to go to, to Disney World or Carowinds and it's crowded and all the, the rides take two or three hours just to, to, to get in line to, to get to the ride? How many of you think, boy, that's my idea of a vacation? Yeah, yeah most of us would, would probably say no to that. Now, if you uh, were to say yes to that, that you do like to wait. I'm not sure if I should commend you for your patience or whether I should uh, pray for your state of mind, but, but most of us don't like to, to wait on things. You know how it is, you go on vacation and the kids begin to ask those questions. How much longer, mommy? How much longer, daddy, till we get there? Uh, maybe you're in high school or college and you're like, how much longer before I'm able to graduate or before I'm able to go out and to get a, a good job? And let's face it, I'm sure some of you today are asking the question right now, how long is that guy gonna preach for today? He does, he does know it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? I'm not judging. I've been there myself. But, but we do ask these questions. But sometimes these, these how long questions can take a more serious nature. Uh, there may be times in your life where you're going through a very difficult, challenging situation. Maybe you've lost your job, or you haven't worked for a month, months, or maybe even a year. You begin to cry to the Lord, well, Lord, how long? How much longer before I'm able to get a good job and to, to support my, my family? Maybe you've got uh, someone that you know, the loved one going through a health crisis right now, and, and they're going through a period of suffering and pain, and you begin to ask, Lord, how much longer are they going to, to be like this? I, I've prayed, and they seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. Or, or maybe some of you are here today, and you're in a season of life where you're caring for uh, a mom or a dad who's up in age, and you're now a caregiver, and that can be very exhausting. And you begin to cry to the Lord, Lord, how much longer am I going to have to deal with this? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, then you have entered what we call the the land of lament, and you are not alone. You are not alone, because we will all face these questions and these situations, these challenges of life at some point in our life. If you haven't yet, then one day I promise you, you will. But the good news is, is that the Lord gives us language, the Lord gives us language in his word to deal with these situations, and it's called lament. Specifically, I'll be looking today at these psalms of lament. And if you have a copy of God's perfect and precious word, I'd invite you to turn there today. We'll be looking at Psalm 13. It is a very short psalm, but there's only six verses, but it is a, a psalm of lament. And while you turn there, I guess I should just explain briefly what a psalm of lament is. I know we, we, we go to the psalms often because many of those psalms are psalms of praise and thanksgiving, and we love those psalms of thanksgiving and praise. But about a third of the psalms are these psalms of l- lament. and uh, You know, what are these psalms of lament? Well, lament can be defined this way. It's a loud cry or a passionate expression of grief. However, in the Bible, lament is more than sorrow or talking about sadness. It's more than walking through the stages of grief. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. It's here in the laments where we ask these questions. How long or or why is this happening? These These laments give us expression to our grief. Oftentimes we feel all this grief well up within within us and we want to express that. That's what these laments do. But the laments don't just stay here at the point of expressing our grief. The laments actually take us to a point where we we begin to trust in the goodness of the Lord. So I'm going to begin by reading the entire uh, psalm and there's six verses and the verses break up into three nice stanzas. The first couple of verses we're going to see how David is going to offer a complaint to the Lord the second two verses, we'll see where David is going to cry out to the Lord or pray to the Lord. And then the, uh, the, the last two verses, we're going to see where David is going to choose to trust in the Lord. So let's begin reading the, the, the psalm, Psalm 13, beginning with verse 1. To the musician, a psalm of David How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me." And so here David begins this psalm asking the question, how long? David is going through some type of a crisis. We don't know what David is going through right now. He doesn't tell us. It could have been when he had the situation, the affair with Bathsheba. It could have been when his son Absalom was trying to kill him. Or maybe it was when Uh, King Saul was trying to kill him or the Philistines were trying to to capture him. We don't know, but we know he was going through some type of a crisis. I think we're not told for a reason because here he says that this is for the the chief musician. In other words, I think this psalm was to be read to the entire body of believers. This is for all of us. This is not just for David. This is for all of us. He is going through a crisis. You may be going through a crisis yourself. What is a crisis? I think a crisis is is probably best defined as a a period of our lives where we have more questions than we have answers we have more questions than we have answers and that may be where you are right now in your life in your situation that's where David is and so David asks this question how long and in the first two verses he asked that question four times four times David says how long how long And, and and sometimes when we see words like this where David says, Lord, are you gonna forget me forever? That can make many of us feel uncomfortable. If we were in a prayer meeting and I told you to, to pray for myself in a situation I'm going through and you begin to pray, oh, how long, Lord, are you gonna forget Andy forever? Are you gonna turn your face against Andy? That that might make many of us feel uncomfortable. It, it seems a little too much. But this is David. David loves the Lord, he knows the Lord. He is a, a man after God's own heart and yet, We see this is how he prays. He is being very raw and very real with how he's feeling right now. So he says, how long will you forget me forever? It's a horrible thought to think that the Lord would actually forget us. What a dreadful thought. I can't imagine that thought that the Lord would actually forget us. But David loves the Lord, as I said. David knows the Lord. David knows the Lord will not forget him. But that's how he feels right now. You know, over in uh, uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 49, uh, we, re- we read this. This is God speaking. It says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. What God is saying here is that, yeah, you can imagine a, a woman who has a, a, a newborn, nursing newborn, and that woman will never forget that newborn, though technically she could. But with me as God, I will never forget you because I have written your name on the, the palms of my hand. But David's still struggling because he is waiting. He hates playing this waiting game. He thinks that God is gonna forget him forever. And you know how it is. You know when They say that time flies when you're having fun, right? You go to the beach for a week, it's like those seven days just, ooh, they just fly by, right? But spend, uh, spend seven days in the hospital, And it seems like that time drags on and on and on, doesn't it? Or maybe uh, when you go to to bed at night and you you go to sleep and you have a good night's sleep, like you shut your eyes and boom, you open up and it's morning time. But go to bed at night when you've got an upset stomach, you're you're nauseous and you're tossing and turning all night. It's like that time goes on and on and on. And I think any of us can handle handle anything when we know that there's an end in sight. But when there's no end in sight, that can be very challenging. And so David's asking, are you going to forget me forever? And then he says, how long will you hide your face from me? Well, it's one thing to think that God would forget us, but to think that God would actually turn his face from us? Uh, w- what a, a dreadful thought that is. Yeah, maybe God was was busy for a while. That's why he maybe forgot me. But, but to think that God would actually t- turn his face from me? Uh, we, we can't even imagine such a thing. Uh, the late, great uh, Adrian Rogers tells a story about a, uh, a man who lost his, his wife and uh, on the day of the funeral uh, he was there with his six year old son and that night they went home to, to go to bed and his six year old son decided to sleep in the, the same spot where his mother would sleep and, uh, and so as they went to bed all of a sudden uh, they turned the lights out and the little six year old boy spoke to his dad and said daddy it's dark in here is your face pointed towards me and uh, his dad said yes son yes son my face is pointed towards you the little boy went right to sleep. Well, after that, the the dad got down out of the bed and began to pray to the Lord and said, God, it's it's very dark in here. Is your face toward me? And it was there he sensed the Holy Spirit speak to him. and, And God said, yes, my son, my face will always be toward you. And God's face will always be toward you no matter what you are going through. You can take that to the bank. But then David goes on in verse 2, He's asked another how long question. He says, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? In other words, he's beginning to, to turn to his emotions now for, for counsel, and that's a, a dangerous place to be. Anytime you're going through a difficult period of life, to begin to turn into your emotions and lean upon your emotions, that, that's very dangerous because our emotions can oftentimes take us to very difficult, very dark places, and we should not go there. Then he goes on at the end of verse two and says, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? As I said before, David had many enemies and uh, his enemies would often pursue him. And he's asking how long, how long will these enemies be exalted over me? Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel like you have enemies uh, who are after you as well. I hope right now this church family feels the love and support of our church and so many other churches uh, in Alexander and Ardell County. I I know you do. But perhaps you have felt the, 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 the attacks, the, the flaming darts of the enemy as well. And maybe you're asking, well, how long are they going to be coming at us? Uh, those are questions that David asked, questions that many of us ask as well. But after David asked these questions in these first two verses, he goes from a complaint. He's complaining to the Lord about what's going on in his life. And now he goes to this cry or, or this prayer. There in verse 3 he says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Just the verse before, he was talking about how God had forgotten him and turned his face from him, and, and now he's actually praying to that God. Notice how he refers to God there in verse uh, 3. He says, O Lord my God. That word for Lord, uh, if you look in your Bibles, it's probably all upper caps. Uh, anytime in your, you read your Bible and you see the word Lord in upper caps, uh, what that means is that the original Hebrew there, that's the, the, name for, the, the covenant name for God, Yahweh. Yahweh. And that's who he's referring to here, the covenant God. But he says, oh, Lord. Then he goes, my God. That's the word Elohim, so he's, which is the God of power. So David here is praying to the covenant God of promise who has the power to make good on those promises. And, and so how does he pray? He says, consider me. Or that could also be translated as look at me. He's trying to, trying to like grab God's attention to get God to look at him kind of like you as a parent when you go home you've been working all day you're really tired you come home you you got your young kids and they want to talk to you and play with you and and, and read your story or say something to you and you're just you're so tired you're reading the paper or watching the news and and all of a sudden you feel a hand sort of grab you by the face and say daddy mommy look at me and I think that's what David's doing here he's trying to make sure that God is actually looking at him and hearing him and and he goes on to pray in verse 3 he says "Enlighten my eyes David may have been going through some type of a medical crisis, maybe a, a, a mental crisis, some depression. We don't really know. But when he says, enlighten my eyes, I think he's asking the Lord there there to heal him, to refresh his soul, to renew his, his strength. And what's interesting about how David prays here is when David prays, he actually gives God the reason why God should answer his prayer. Have You ever done that? Have you ever prayed to the Lord and, and then given the Lord the reason that the Lord should answer your prayer? There in verse three, he, after he says, "Enlighten my eyes, he says, do that, otherwise I will sleep the sleep of death. In other words, David is saying, God, if you, don't, if you don't help me out here, if you don't show up, I'm actually going to die. I'm gonna lose my life. And then he goes on to say, and then my enemies will prevail over me and they'll, they'll begin to rejoice. And you see, God, your enemies are my enemies. And if I die, then the enemy will think they have victory over me and they will therefore conclude they have victory over you. God, that should not happen. So so David here is really contending with the Lord, trying to, to get the Lord to, to answer his prayers, He's giving the Lord reasons why he should answer that prayer. And so that's the cry, that's his prayer there in verses three and four. But now the, 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 the psalm takes a dramatic shift when we come to verse five. You see that little word there in verse five, but. Anytime you see the little word but in the Bible, you need to really pause because oftentimes something very important is getting ready to happen. And so David here in verse 5, he says, But I have trusted in your mercy, and my heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will now sing to the Lord. He's now going he's gone from where he was to thinking the Lord had left him and to now a position where he's now trusting in the Lord. He's singing to the Lord. He's rejoicing in the Lord. That's a dramatic change. So so what's happened? Has David's circumstances changed? Has God answered his prayer? Well, no, it doesn't tell us that. What's changed is David has changed. David has changed. David has now chosen to trust in the, the Lord. He's gone from sorrow and complaint to trust and to praise. He's chosen to do that. It's a choice we can all make to trust in the Lord. You know, Psalm 46 says that um, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we shall not fear. So for God to be our refuge, that's like He's our shelter. But He's only our shelter if we go to that shelter. If you're out playing golf and uh, it begins to to storm and rain, well, they have these these shelters set out throughout the golf course. And you can go to those shelters and, and have relief. Or you can stay out in the middle of the rain and the thunder and lightning and take your chances. But, but for that shelter to do you any good, you have to choose to go to that shelter. And that's what David is doing now. He's choosing now to, to rest and trust in the mercy of the Lord. Notice that word mercy. That's the, word, the Hebrew word hesed, which can also be, I'm sure you've heard that word hesed before, which can also be translated as steadfast love. I've, I've trusted in your mercy. I've trusted in your steadfast love. He has confidence that the Lord will act and, and, and work according to God's character and according to God's promises. You see, trusting is necessary for all of us as Christians to live with a sense of hope and joy and peace in the midst of this world that can often be so dark and and so broken. We do live in a world where there is death, where there is disease, where there is divisiveness, where there is destruction. Yet when we truly know the character of our God, then we can trust in him and we can be confident and we can be secure and that's where David is now. he's kind of taking the, the same stance that Paul takes over in Romans chapter 828 where Paul where Paul says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose all things regardless of how things look on the outside all things ultimately work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose and and so that this trusting that he now has in god's mercy and steadfast love now leads to a heart that's that's rejoicing notice there in verse uh, at the very end of uh, verse 5 my heart shall rejoice in your salvation and now in verse 6 i'll now sing to the lord this rejoicing now leads to singing it leads to, to singing you know it's really easy to come to a place like this a beautiful place like this by the way and hear this beautiful choir which was amazing and to hear them sing and to rejoice and praise the Lord, it's really easy to do, to do that when life's going, going well for you. But sometimes we bring uh, w- with us into a place like this more than our Bibles. Sometimes we bring our, our hurts, our sorrows, our emotions, our struggles, our challenges. And sometimes it's all we can do is to barely move our lips. But we can choose to, to sing even in that, that way. And I think that's what David is doing here. He's still able to rejoice and sing to the Lord despite what's going on in his life. I'm sure many of you have heard of the group before, Casting Crowns, Under that group, Casting Crowns? I see a a few head nods there, yeah. Casting Crowns are a a Christian uh, group, and uh, uh, back in uh, 2001, uh, the group Casting Crowns got word of a a little girl named Erin. She was six years old, and uh, she had uh, sung one of their songs at her talent show. But shortly thereafter, Erin was diagnosed with a a very uh, serious form of cancer. And so for the next four years, she began to battle that, and casting crowns would follow her story. But it it so happened that um, on uh, October the 30th, of 2004, at 1 o'clock in the morning, little Aaron was there towards the end of her life. She was was now 10 years old. And all little Aaron said to her mom, whose name was Laurie, was she said this She said, just read the scriptures. And from 1 a.m. in the morning to 5 a.m., her mother, Laurie, and her friends and family began to read over her, over Aaron, the, the scriptures then at 5 a.m. that the Lord called little Erin home. And Casting Crowns had been so moved by this family's trust in the Lord, this little girl's trust in the Lord, despite what they were, this family was going through, that they actually began writing a song about her. However, the, she passed away before little Erin ever got to hear the words of the song. But I, the reason I mention that song today is because that song so beautifully tells us what it means to lament. Because when you lament, you start out over here where you complain to the Lord. You you are very raw with your emotions to the Lord. You're in the land of lament, but you don't stay there. You don't stay there. You actually cross over to this other land, to the land where you begin to trust the Lord. Trust in his goodness, trust in his character. And at the intersection of our laments, our complaints, and our trust in the Lord is where we then have this peace within our heart. And this song they wrote, is a song called Praise You in the Storm." And I'll just read you a couple lyrics as how the song begins. They, they write this. They say, I was sure by now, God, that you would have reached down and wiped our tears away, that you would have stepped in and, and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. And as the thunder rolls, I barely wh- hear you whisper through the rain that I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hand, and I praise the God who gives and takes away. That's what it means to lament. You, know, you, may be, may, you may barely hear God's voice whispering through the storms of your life, but you still choose to raise your hand and praise the God who gives and takes away, and you praise him in that storm. And like I say, some of you here today, you may be stuck over here on this side of the, the land of lament. You may be going through a very, very difficult time right now, and I understand that. Maybe you've got a, a, a child who, who's left the faith, and you've been praying, Lord, how much longer are they going to be away from us? I want them back with you, back in, the, in, in church, back walking with the Lord. Or maybe you've got a spouse who's got a very serious medical condition. You've been praying over and over again, and They're not getting better, in fact, they're they're getting worse. You're like, how long, Lord, will they have to suffer like this? Or maybe you've got a mom or a dad and they've begun to have Alzheimer's and dementia, and you go to visit them and they don't even know your name. What do you do with that? Well, this psalm tells us that we offer it to the Lord, we're honest with the Lord, we don't sugarcoat our feelings, but we don't stay here. We make the choice to cross over here and choose to trust in the goodness and the character of the Lord. And that's when we can then begin to have this peace and have this joy in our heart. Then we can be like the Apostle Paul over in Romans chapter eight, verse 37, where Paul says, who shall separate us from the, the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or sword? And Paul says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We can choose for that to be our posture no matter what we are going through. Now, I want to leave you just with a couple of points today as I wrap up. A couple of things to think about, points of application. First of all, I would challenge you to be in the Psalms daily. God has given us this language for us, It's to help us out in all seasons of life, the good times and the bads as well. I would also challenge you to give others space to lament as, as well. Give them room to lament. Oftentimes we have a friend or family member who's going through a very difficult time and, and they're, they're grieving we want to step in and help them out, offer them these, these words of wisdom. But oftentimes, that's not what they need. Maybe they, they need time. They need space. Give them space to lament for th- themselves. And then finally, I would reiterate what Kevin talked about last week. Remember remember what the Lord has done for you. That's how uh, this psalm ends. because uh, David says, I'll sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The Lord has dealt well with him in the past. And he recalls that, he remembers that. Remember what the Lord has done for you in your past. And of course, the greatest thing that the Lord has ever done for you in your past is the, is the day that he hung on that cross. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he also prayed and cried out a prayer of lament. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is Psalm 22, a psalm of lament. And at that point in time, God turned his face away from Jesus so that he would never turn his face away from you or from me for anyone who places their faith and trust is Jesus as Lord and I just want to give you one more brief picture of what it means to lament my wife and I we're we're involved with uh, special needs ministry our oldest son has special needs and uh, years ago we were involved in a thing called a joy prom and uh, we would go to this joy prom and we would see uh, all the, the smiles of our, our special needs guests but I knew that behind all those smiles there was often people going through deep pain and, 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 and some challenges. And, um, and one day I was reading a book by a man named Greg Lucas who talked about his special needs son. He had a special needs son named Jake who was in his 20s. And I want to read to you what Greg Lucas, who's a highway patrolman in West Virginia, says. Because I think it beautifully shows us what it means to lament. He says, For years I have prayed that God would give my son a voice. His son was nonverbal, as is our son. He says, I, I long for my son to have peace in his frustrated heart, but one of my greatest yearnings on earth is to have deep conversations with Jake. I have waited and waited for God to answer this prayer, and at times it seems like heaven is brass to my plea. He wants to just have a conversation with his, his son, and then when he prays, it's like the prayers just come back to him, and they're not being answered. And he, he goes on to talk about how, because of his son has issues with going to the bathroom, he has to be given multiple baths per day, and it takes more than one person to give him a bath because he has very sensitive skin, he has to be restrained. And he says, often in the act of giving my son a, a, a bath, whom I love so much, i walk away where I've been bitten on, I've been kicked, I've been scratched, I've got a bloody lip, scratches on my arms. And he says this. He says, many evenings in desperation, I find myself restraining his struggle by wrapping him in my arms against his will and gently whispering, I love you, I love you, I love you no matter what. And then notice his trust in the Lord. He says, but God is patient and kind and full of grace. And in my son, I see a picture of my own relationship with God. In Jake's defiant refusal to be cared for and washed, I am reminded of the cross. And there may be some of you here today who do not know Jesus Christ right now as your Lord and Savior. And by the way, if we, I think I'm getting ready to close so the musicians want to your, make your way up. Um, But if you're here today, and and maybe you've been coming to this church for a month, a year, ten years, and maybe you know in your heart of hearts that you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord. You may know facts about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Or maybe you're here today for the first time. I don't know what brought you here. I don't don't know most of you here, but for some reason you're here today. I want you to know that this can be the day that you can experience the joy and peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You can, and suddenly then the good news of the gospel will be real for you. And I use that word gospel. And some of you may not even know what that word means. The word gospel just means good news because we have all, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And see, God takes sin very seriously. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness for our sins. But the good news comes in John 3, 16, which says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. And no matter your, the sins of your past, your present or the future, God loves you. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ to come to this earth and live the life that we should have lived but didn't, and to die the death that we deserve to die on, on our behalf. You can come to him today. And, and to learn more about who this Jesus is, all you've gotta do is you take that book in front of you, the Bible. Every story in this book whispers his name. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is a wonderful counselor. He is mighty God, everlasting Father, and he is the Prince of Peace. In Colossians 1.15 it says that he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, and whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And friends, he is the head of the body, the church. He's the firstborn from among the dead, that in all things he might be preeminent. And in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and to reconcile all things to himself, making peace by the blood of the cross. So, he's Tabor Baptist says, you leave today, no matter what you're going through. I know this is a tough season for you turn to the lord trust in him choose to trust in him and remember what he has done for you remember at one time when you yourself kicked and screamed and scratched against the lord that at that time a bloody crucified savior wrapped you in his arms and he said i love you and i love you and i love you no matter what Father God, we we thank you. We thank you that you are our refuge and strength, that you are a very present help in times of trouble. Father God, I continue to pray for this great church, that you continue to use this wonderful church in this community and to do great works for the kingdom, Father. And so I pray you a special blessing upon every member here, for the leadership here as well. And Father God, for anyone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray for them. I pray you would break down any barriers that may be preventing them from making the most important decision of their life, that today they would call upon the name of the Lord and that they might be saved. And we pray these things in the name that's above all names, the name to which one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess as Lord, the beautiful strong name of our Lord and of our Savior Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.
0: Andy, thank you so much for just preaching the word, and uh, we're all going to relate to that. And I would encourage you, as he said, there's so many times like we feel like we got to hide stuff from God. Be honest with God. There's so many times you don't have the words, you just need to be honest and pour it out before him. And whatever it is you're going through, know as you pour out your heart and you're honest, and there's sometimes there's hurt, sometimes there's anger, there's tears, God can handle that. But remember who he is and what he's able to do. I'm going to ask you, if you would just be seated for just a moment, I'm going to ask um, our chairman of deacons, Steve Lackey, to make his way up.